read the Bible so that it makes sense. How to read Scripture so that there is clarity and um, encouragement and challenge for you. A couple weeks ago, I started this message series called Text, and it, it's all about Scripture. Okay, what's the Bible all about? In the first week, two weeks ago, I focused on the history of the Bible, how we got the Bible through the last few thousand years, how it came to be. Then last week I talked about, is the Bible reliable? What is the reliability of the Bible based on? And I talked to you about a couple of things like the internal document consistency, and I talked to you about some archaeological finds that support the scriptural story. There's a lot more to it, but that's essentially what I focused on. Now, those two were the beginning uh, messages for this series text. Take a look at this next slide. going to make sure these slides are changing. Thank you. This week, I'm going to talk to you about how to study the Bible. And, and what I mean by that is how to read the Bible, how to study the Bible so that you have some consistency in meaning some consistency in what you get out of it. Most people who are here this morning who have any sense of faith, you're a strong Christian, you're a growing Christian, you're an investigative Christian, wherever you are, you would say, yeah, I should read the Bible. And to varying degrees, you might say, yes, I read the Bible. But what I want to help you with, and this includes even those of you who are here this morning who are um, unsure of what you believe. Because it's my uh, contention, and, and I hope that you will, you will, you will try to uh, 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 do this process that I'm suggesting. It's my contention that you do not need to be a strong person of faith to understand what the Bible is trying to say. Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, but I want you to understand that how to study the Bible, don't get like freaked out by that word study. You know, some of you are in school saying, okay, dang, there's more studying. Or some of you that are longer in the tooth and you haven't been in school in a while might say, I'm done with studying. All I'm trying to suggest is for the Bible to have any meaning, we just have to understand how to read it. And, and that's what I'm going to try to focus on this morning. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day, for creative arts, for music, and, and, and all that they have brought forward to us this morning. I thank you for the food that we will share and, and the laughter and just connecting with, with people that we are deep friends with or people that we are meeting for the first time today. I pray, God, that this service would, would move past just an hour, just the time here, and, and that we would understand, Lord, a little more of what the Bible can bring to our lives if we are willing to be open. Help us, God, to set aside um, all the other thoughts, all the other things we need to do, 
and help us to focus on you and what you might be saying to us this morning. Hide me, Lord, in your shadow so that what we see might be your face and what we hear might be your words. We ask this, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So, you know, I said I wanted to be, like, very precise and clear and helpful, I hope, helpful, I hope, for you on how to read, how to study the Bible so that there's some consistency in meaning for you, whether you read the Bible every day or whether you don't read the Bible hardly much at all or whether you don't really think that it's a very special book and it's like every other book. I just want to share with you some ways of reading the Bible that might help you, I hope, get more uh, meaning out of it. Take a look at this next slide. So obviously, the first thing in reading, studying the Bible for depth and meaning would be to read it, right? I mean, it's the first thing out of the gate, right? Take a look at this next slide. No, that's not it. Let me suggest to you humbly that jumping out of the gate and just reading into the Bible might not be the best way to start. Now, I say that because we come to the Bible and we come to most things that we read with a lot of preconditions, a lot of pre-ideas. Some of us come to the Bible saying, well, I know what the Bible is saying, so I'll just skim over those words. Or I've read this story before, and okay, I remember that story, let me get on to the meat. Or we go into the Old Testament and starts messing with our mind, and we say, yikes, I'm jumping to the New Testament. Or we read the book of Revelation and we say, holy cow, I'm closing the whole book, period. I'm going to suggest to you, and this is really this is really a bit controversial, and, and not a lot of people would agree with this, and they would be wrong. <laughs> no, 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 really, I'm just kidding aside. I'm just suggesting to you that a way of finding deeper meaning in Scripture is not to just open it up and do a sword drill. How many of you know what a sword drill is? You know, if you were raised Nazarene or Baptist, you understand what a sword drill is. If you were raised United Methodist, you think I'm like sorting something. Sword drill is you just kind of thumb your way through and you say, okay, God, take me wherever you want me to go. And you end up in the begats and you think God didn't hear you. I'm suggesting to you that there is a pre-step. I am strongly suggesting to you that if you want to read Scripture for some deeper meaning, for some consistency in understanding what Scripture is challenging us to be and to do, I'm suggesting the first step, take a look at this next slide, has something to do with your receptivity. Sometimes Jesus, when He was speaking to a crowd of people, He would be teaching on something. He would be sharing a story. We call them parables, but they were stories. And Jesus would be saying, listen to this and let me tell you this. And then he would end with these words. He who has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, do we really think he was talking about people who have ears and the rest of you? Well, I'm sorry, I don't know. They got chopped off or something. 
Or do we think that somehow Jesus was saying, listen, if you're willing to listen, if you're willing to be receptive, then open up your mind, open up your ears, open up your heart. And the fact of the matter is, and this would be a good time for you not to look at your spouse if you are sitting next to him or her. The fact of the matter is that we don't listen very well sometimes, do we? What? I didn't hear you. We don't listen very well, in spite of the fact, as the old-time preachers used to say, listen, you got two ears, one mouth, take a hint. I'm suggesting to you that we don't listen very well. I don't listen very well. And as people who are, according to Scripture, sometimes a bit fallen, sometimes a bit, dare I say it, self-centered, we might want to come to the Bible and just simply say, Here's the deal. No, that's not what we're saying. I'll get back to that in a second. Here's the deal. The more Scripture challenges us, the less we like to listen. The more anybody challenges us, the less we like to listen. Isn't that true? And so I'm just suggesting that the way to understand the Bible is not to just open it up and jump feet first in The way to understand the Bible might be just to back up half a step. Just just half a step. Don't even back up half a step. Just back up half a step and say, God, whatever I hear in these words, let me listen to them. Did you catch the way I said it? it? Whatever I hear in what I'm going to read, Let me listen to it. We might want to humbly come before, not bowing before Scripture, not saying it is God's Word, and not saying I'll do whatever it says because some of you ain't there. But just a willingness to say that maybe the book of 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years that billions of people have been listening to and following, sometimes really badly and sometimes really well, might have a message for me today in my marriage, the way I deal with my kids, the way I deal with my parents, the way I interact with people at school, the way I spend my finances. Maybe maybe the first step is just backing up just a half a step and asking this key question. Am I going to read this or am I going to listen to it? Because the Bible can say all kinds of things. But if we're really not willing to be open to its message, then I say, why read it? Why read it? It's not a magical incantation that is somehow going to change our lives if I just sleep with it under my pillow and absorb it through the night. It is a book that historically has some veracity, we learned last week. And two weeks ago, we learned that it came to be through a very logical and prayerful process. 
So maybe the first step toward understanding Scripture is just simply to back up. Here, this is the first thing I learned in uh, seminary. What I'm going to share with you now cost me about $55,000 and three years of school. I'm giving it to you. I'm a good person. There's a theological word, it's really a Greek word, it's called exegesis. Exegesis. There's another word, it's twin, eisegesis. Exegesis means you're reading out of it. Eisegesis means you come with all kinds of preconceived ideas and you're reading into it. Okay? So... So, fancy word, here's the deal. When you read scripture, are you reading it exegetically or eisegetically? Are you willing to come to scripture and just say, okay, I I will be open. I will be open. Or do you come and try to tell the Bible what you want to tell it? Each step along the way, there are four things I'm going to share with you this morning. And each step along the way, I'm going to share with you one passage of Scripture. This is very important because there are four steps. And they're even in in order, okay? So four steps to kind of read Scripture so that it has some deeper meaning. And each one of these has a Scripture attached to it. Take a look at the next verse, uh, next slide. Create in me a pure heart, O God. And renew a strong spirit within me. Would you read that out loud with me? Just up on the screen there. Create in me a pure heart, O God. And renew a strong spirit within me. What I'm suggesting to you is, if you want to come to the Bible and be receptive to it, that you go to that verse first. You go to that idea first. Okay, God, you know, kind of cleanse away my preconceived ideas. Cleanse away all of the junk that I'm bringing to it. Cleanse away bringing my eisegesis and let me exegetically read out of Scripture what it might be saying to me. So the first step is to be receptive, open, willing to open up arms, eyes, mind, and heart to what it might be saying to you. First step is receptive. Did you get that? No, that was weak. If I say, get it, you say, got it. it. Try again. First step is receptive. Get it? Good. Next slide. Receptivity. Now you read. Because here, here, this is, this, this is worth your weight in gold. Listen to this. In order to get something out of the Bible, this is kind of deep, so just be prepared. In order to get something out of the Bible with depth and meaning, you have to read it. I know it's stunning. Right? Stunning. Yeah, it's it's deep. Let's just think about that. The Bible is there to be read. The Bible is a book. It has to be read. I know, it's stunning, isn't it? 
once we are willing to be receptive, the beauty of it is that we live in a society and in a time and in an age in which you can read the Bible almost anywhere you go. There are more translations now than there ever have been. There are more electronic ways now of reading the Bible than there ever have been. The fact of the matter is that reading Scripture, once you have just simply opened up your lives and said, okay, just teach me something, once you, have willing, once you are willing to be receptive, you must read it. There's a book uh, by Chuck Colson. It's called The Faith. And it's kind of this uh, basic understanding. The subtitle is What Christians Believe, Why They Believe It, and Why It Matters. He tells the story about a guy named Augustine. You remember Augustine? I know you don't, like, remember him, but do you remember the story of Augustine? Augustine was a man. Listen to this story. Augustine was a famed academic in the Roman Empire, a successful rhetorician by trade, one of the noblest professions at that time. He gave great speeches. That's what he's saying. Great debates, great speeches. But he lived a thoroughly self-indulgent life. There came a time when he began to investigate Christianity. I wonder if this stuff is true, this Christian stuff is true. One day he was alone in his garden. And he heard a child's voice. There was a game. Children were playing this game on the other side of the fence, the row hedge. And the game was a game, kind of a rhyming game, apparently. And the child said, pick it up and read it. Pick it up and read it. Pick it up and read it. Augustine had never heard of this child's game before. Seated next to him, he had been looking at Scripture. And it happened to be open to Romans 13. And part of Romans 13 that he read to himself is this. Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. And do not seek just to gratify your own nature. Clothe yourself with Jesus Christ. And do not seek just to gratify your own nature. Deeply convicted because... I just said to you a few seconds ago, he was receptive. He had been wondering about this Christianity stuff. He had been investigating it. He had been opening up his heart. and his, He said, I wonder if this is true. I wonder if it makes sense. And then he read it because he was first open. Deeply convicted, he surrendered to Christ and he became one of the early church's strongest bishops and probably the greatest theologian after a guy named Paul. Sarah, would you come forward, please? Sarah has a friend, many friends. She didn't know I was going to ever do this. So I'm going to... I'm going to let Sarah give the rest of the message because <laughs> I'm tired and hungry. I'm going to loan Sarah this book. 
because I want to help Sarah become strong in the faith. And one of the ways you become strong in the faith is by encouraging people who are trying to be strong in the faith. Thank you. I told you that there was a key scripture for each step. And the first step was receptivity. God, just, just create a clean heart in me. Let, me. let me hear what you might have to say. Next slide is the scripture for this step. All scripture, it says in 2 Timothy, is God-breathed. That's not the part I want you to focus on. The second part is what I want you to focus on, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Here's the deal. You will not be trained in deep faith until you read Scripture. You will not grow a stronger faith until you read Scripture. And even if you read Scripture, but you don't back up that step and say, Okay, God, train me. Challenge me, teach me, rebuke me, confront me, whatever it is, God, whatever it is you'd like to say to me today, I will be open to it. But this scripture is just simply saying, scripture is, it's, it's a useful thing. So even if you are not sure you believe it yet, even if you are not sure you believe it is God's word yet, I would still challenge you to take that first step, be open, and then read. Would you read this passage with me? All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So first is be receptive. If you are not going to read Scripture and try to be open, try to just open up your heart and mind just a wee little bit, then I'd say put it down. I'd say just spend some time talking to God and say, God, why am I not receptive? Maybe I got too much baggage. Maybe there's too much junk going on in my life. But God, I just, I just if, if you really want to seek to know God, if you really want to seek to be a stronger person of faith, then you have to just like bend it open just a little bit. Bend it open just a little bit. Okay, God, okay, I'll try. That's all we ask, isn't it? And then read. Do you get it? Good. Next slide. Then there's this issue of reflecting. Notice how these are all ours. Brilliant, don't you think? That's all right. I stole it. The first thing, I borrowed it. Reflecting, reading, sorry, receptivity, reading, and reflecting. I love Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. Listen. Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with those who sin or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it. Day and night. That person 
is like a tree planted by streams of water which yielded fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, what they do will grow. Listen to a section of it again. Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of God, who meditates on it, thinks about it, reflects on it, ponders it, That person is planted deeply by the water. Listen, here's the deal. You want to have a strong faith in times of torrent. You want to have a strong faith when the going gets tough. You want to have a strong faith when something hits the fan in your life. Well, the way you do that is by preparing for that time. Because if there is not a storm in your life right now, hold on, it's coming. And so if you will reflect and open yourself to what Scripture might be saying, this verse, Psalm chapter 1 says, you will be planted deeply with your roots like a tree next to the water. You will hold on when the waves come. It does not say the storm will not come. It does not say life will be easy. It does not say the doctor will say everything will be fine. It does not say your marriage will be perfect. It does not say your children will be perfect. It does not say any of that. What it does say that if you root yourself deeply in the teachings of Scripture, when the storms come, not if, when the storms come, you'll be planted deeply by the bank of the river. And you'll become holding on, come hell or high water. Really. Because some of you know what it's like to face a pain of hellacious proportions. And sometimes the best you can do is hold on. And this piece of scripture is saying, let God help you hold on through the strength of his teaching. Next slide is the scripture that focuses on the reflecting time. And it's Psalm 119, verse 11. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Hidden your word in my heart means I've buried it there. I've locked it in there. Here's what it is not saying. I have skimmed through the Bible, God, and I hope I get it right. I have spent seven minutes this morning, God, reading your Bible, and I hope the rest of my life goes well. I've read the cliff notes, God. I got the main part. I'm good. If you spend your time skimming, cliffing, or sparking, then that's about as deep as you will get. And I've lived life long enough to know now 
that the storms we face are a lot deeper than the cliff note versions. Because sometimes the pain we face is deeper than the Reader's Digest version of the Bible. You may not like what I'm saying, but I'm just trying to tell you the truth. That we either open ourselves and we either do some reading after we're open and we spend some time reflecting on it or we're treating God like Santa Claus where we just want to sit on his lap, ask for what we want, and then go back to our own lives. And you can't treat the creator of the universe like that. It ain't going to work. The key to meditation is listening deeply, paying attention clearly. So we're going to do an exercise. Cool. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Listen, you all need to be standing up. I know how much you're going to eat, so stand up. Okay, now sit back down for a second. All right, now stand back up. We're going to do this 12 times. You ready? No, we're not going to do that. Okay, here's what I want you to do. Look at me. Look at me. You ready? Everybody look at me. I want you to, I want you to say your name out loud, and then I want you to say your favorite three foods. Just out loud. Just looking at me. You ready? So what I would do is I'd say, my name is Rick Villardo, and my favorite foods are Italian ice cream and Italian. Okay? <laughs> so, that's what you're going to do. You're not going to say, my name is, don't say, my name is. So you're going to say your name. My name is Rick Villardo, and my favorite foods are Italian ice cream and Italian. Okay? That's what you're going to say. It's your own name and your ready food. Are you ready? One, two, three, go. Some of you got a lot of foods. Okay, let's say that one more time. I want you to say it out a little bit louder. You ready? One, two, three, go. Very nice, very nice. Have a seat, have a seat. Okay, Brian, tell me what Chad's favorite foods are. What did he just say? I believe it was chocolate, broccoli, and chocolate. All right. The fact of the matter is, Brian has no idea. Why? He said it out loud. Weren't you paying attention? No. Now, Brian, come over here a minute. Chad, stand up. Go over there. Stand right face to face with Chad. Nose to nose. Give him a little kiss on the cheek. No, let's let's not go down that road. Face each other. Really. Okay, now I want everybody... To do what you just did, my name is, your three foods, except for you, Brian. I want you just to listen to Chad. I want you to, all the voices are still here. I want you to listen to Chad. You ready? One, two, three, go. All right, what are his three favorite foods? What, did I get somebody that doesn't have an ear? You don't know? No, seafood, pizza, and Chinese. What was the difference? Silly exercise, I know. Thanks, Brian. Come on. Thanks, Chad. Silly exercise, right? 
What was he doing? He was listening. He was right there. That's all I'm suggesting. I get it. Silly exercise. But what I asked you to do was I asked you all to continue talking. But Brian, because he chose to get closer to the voice, he chose to listen more deeply, he chose to go nose to nose, eye to eye. When was the last time you read Scripture and you just looked at it and you said, dang it, I'm going to listen to it, I'm going to hear it in spite of all the noise in my life? Because you're all going to have noise in your life. When you read the Bible, your struggles are not going away. When you read the Bible, all of a sudden you're not going to have a bunch of money in your bank account. When you read the Bible, everything's not going to go well. But if you are willing to be receptive, I asked Brian to go over there. If you're willing to listen, to read, I asked him to listen deeply. He heard it clearly, even though all the noise was still going on. Silly exercise, a darn good truth. Almost everything in our society is noise. Some of it's good noise. Really, some of it's good noise. I'm not saying it's all bad noise. But you are getting noise all the time. And Scripture will have meaning for you when you still have the noise, but you say, I am going to focus there. I'm going to try to hear more deeply. I'm going to read what it says, and I'm going to reflect on it. I'm going to listen. I'm going to go nose to nose with whatever this is telling me. It is not hard, but it is a choice. Reflecting simply means Prolonged listening. Reflecting on it only means prolonged listening. That's why I say in my own devotional life, scripture, reading life, I, I don't read a bunch. My brain's not that good. I will focus on a story a chapter. And truth be told, sometimes a verse. So we begin with some receptivity. We go to some reading, and then there's some reflecting time. And finally, last slide, relating. Here, here's the deal. I'll cut, I'll cut this short, because I know you all are getting hungry. I'll cut this short. Here's the deepest truth that I didn't come up with. The Bible was not given to us for information, but given to us for transformation. The Bible was not given to us to help us just be informed about the life of Jesus, for example, but to be transformed by the life of Jesus, to be moved, to form ourselves to reach people, to form ourselves to encourage, to serve others. The Bible was meant 
to be lived, not just figured out. Oh, I know what that story means. I'll tell you what that story means so you can go do it. The Bible is a book, and you just sang these songs, you just sang these words. Psalm 119. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Well, what the heck good is a lamp for your feet and a light for your path if you're not going to walk it? Well, what good is that? What is it? A nice little path for other people to go? We can listen to songs like that. We can be moved by songs like that. And oh, wasn't that good harmony? And oh, wasn't that really pretty? It was good harmony. It was pretty, but that ain't the point. Anybody on the music team will tell you, that's not the point. The Bible can light the path, but we must choose to walk it. The Bible can shine the way, but we got to go the way. So you relate to real life. What is this saying to me? What is this asking me to do? What might I need to say today to reflect in this verse? And so the verse I want to give you for this idea of relating, next slide, James 1.22. Will you read this out loud with me? Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Do not merely, notice, notice uh, you know, the next, go to the next slide. Notice number four is reflecting. Well, don't stop there. Don't stop there. Or you're just kind of going on a nice retreat and you're thinking about things and feeling good. Don't just meditate on something. Don't just sit there. The Bible was not given to us to feel good. The Bible was given to us to make us good. The Bible was not given to us to just challenge us. The Bible was given to us to encourage us, but we have to live it out. Do not merely listen to the word and therefore deceive yourselves. Do it. The music team is going to come forward now because we're going to end the service with the song that they sang right prior to me coming up, Thy Word. And I believe they're going to lead you in the chorus of it. That's what we're doing, right? You're going to lead, they're going to lead you in the chorus of it. Well, now you have some deeper understanding of what that song might, could mean. That Thy Word is a lamp for my feet. It's a light to my path. And here's the sentence. And then I will let them minister to you. It will only be a light that matters. It will only be a lamp if we use it. Because the Bible is not meant for information. But it is meant to transform our lives.
Awesome. Gracious God, thank you so much that you gave us this book, this book of history and poetry, this book of stories, this book of truth. I pray, God, that I in my life would be receptive to what you might be saying. I pray that we all would open our hearts, our minds to what you might be speaking, that we would read. We would move past just reflecting and meditating on it, God, spending moments, time, and we would relate it to life. I pray, God, your blessing upon this body, this church, that is seeking to form itself to reach a lost generation. Help us to be that generation. And may your word inform every step that we take. In Jesus' name, we thank you for this. Amen.